Hey everybody, real quick, I just wanted to say we are still learning this whole recording and editing process, so there's a few clicks and pops in this episode, but the content is just as real, so enjoy. Welcome to The Gathering Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Travis Povey. And Will Schneider. All right. So, Will, um, we're in podcast episode four. We are, and it... Actually, it doesn't feel like it's been that many, but uh, we need more listeners, though. So We do need more listeners, so please subscribe, like, subscribe, share, rate, rate, review, all that good stuff. Only good reviews. Thank you. Well, I mean, be honest, but <laughs> be honest about the good things. Right, exactly. <laughs> so today, the topic is marriage, and... If you're not familiar with the gathering, um, the topic was marriage at our breakfast two weeks ago. Um, Which was brought by uh, Dave Mead, and he was unable to be here for the recording of the podcast. Dave's a busy man. He, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to try to list all the things that he <laughs> right. that he does. So, so essentially what we're going to do is take a little bit of what he said and just make it our own and not give him any credit at all. Not any credit whatsoever. Just it's us. His fault. This is all us. Um, no, but really, we're really thankful he was able to step in and um, give us more of a, how shall you put it? Um, I think his years in marriage are greater than yours and mine combined. So, so let's start there. So how long have you been married? 38 years. No. Uh, <laughs> Is that how old you are? <laughs> I'm not even 38 <laughs> years old. No. Uh, so I've been married, <laughs> carry the one, uh, uh, she might be 12 years. And uh, my wife and I have actually been together for about 14. So, Okay. What about you, Will? So actually today is my fifth year anniversary. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. By the time you guys are listening to this, it's passed, and hopefully uh, things are still going well because I left my wife on her anniversary to come record this podcast. And tell everybody to uh, spend time with their wife. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we so. are recovering hypocrites. <laughs> God is still working on us. Yes. Do as we say, not as we do. Um, but yeah, no. So marriage, um, not just marriage but uh how can we apply ourselves in marriage um i think that uh i think the the biggest thing uh, i would tell anyone about marriage or i guess i would say the biggest thing that i would see as a personal benefit to marriage is personal growth because certainly there are so many trials and um, and probably more for our wives than for us. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and and the only way to get through those successfully is to, uh, I mean, without trying, you're going to um, build your character for the better. Just working through. Um, yeah, so, I mean, 
God uses marriage as one of the single most ways to refine us. And we see our selfishness, we see our sinfulness in the confines of marriage, which makes marriage the perfect medium to reflect the gospel, you know, to reflect service and humility and forgiveness, and to allow those outside of the church to be able to see that can bring glory to God. And ultimately, the reason God created marriage because it's a mere image of his relationship with his people. Yeah, so how um, how would you define that then? If we're looking at marriage as uh, a reflection of Jesus and his people, um, and there's a lot of, um, how should I put it? <laughs> There's a lot of traditional Jewish culture that goes into a lot of that um, as far as how the Judeo-Christian world views um, marriage today. But if you aren't familiar with a lot of the Jewish culture and marriage at the time, then you won't even understand the parallel between um, the idea of Jesus' relationship with his people is that of a bride and bridegroom. Right. So I think that's something to, to really point out. If you don't know, um, if you don't know that parallel, Research it. Research it hard. Because <laughs> we're not going to so, tell you about it. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't have time to d- dive in the history that's of a marriage. Very, that's a very or deep Or let alone what the culture thinks it is today. I mean, that's a whole other topic. Yeah, those are all separate and separate podcasts we're altogether. We're going to kind of roll it into one here. Um, I think an easy way, and I wasn't actually going to get into Ephesians 5 today, but I am going to read... A brief part of it and just kind of give some similarities of what marriage is supposed to be and and wh- how God's relationship with the church should be mimicked in marriage. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what I have to deal with because quite honestly, right before we started recording, Will said, you know, I'm not going to get into Ephesians 5. I think we're going to do that in another time. Well, it'll come up later. And here we are. You yeah, know, it definitely w- came when, up later. When you're open to the Spirit and the Spirit's leading, you listen to Him. And so here it is, Ephesians 5, uh, starting in verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. His body and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit everything to their husbands. Husbands, here you go guys, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle, or any such thing that she may be holy 
and without blemish. In the same way, husbands, you guys, should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So, go back and read that again if I read it too fast or you don't understand English. However, a few things that we see is that we men, husbands, are called to love our wives as Christ loved the church. So, what does that mean? What did Christ do for the church, for his bride? And he, he rescued her. He saved her. He became sin for her. He broke his body for her. But did she, did the, did the church come to him for that? Or did he initiate it? So we see Christ did all of that stuff for his church, for his wife. And he initiated it. The bride doesn't ask, which is exactly what we're supposed to do as men, as husbands, is initiate to rescue our wives, to save them to lay down our lives for them just as Christ did. And that could mean all sorts of things. We could talk about different ways, practical ways to love our wives and everything like that. But we need to be the initiators. I think a lot of times people read that and they think of laying down their life as, you know, taking a bullet when somebody breaks into their home. Um, Which you could. You should. Yeah. Well, I mean... (laughs) Well, we we get, that's another podcast. But. You shoot, so you don't have to take the bullet. <laughs> right. How about that? But uh, yeah, so I I think what's actually a, a more difficult task is laying down your selfishness, um, and I think the the best picture of that is um, Gethsemane, where you really saw Christ and his um, his desire to not go to the cross, um, and yet he he put aside his his desires yeah. and and did um, the task that was set before him and ordained by God the Father and. I can tell you that on a daily basis, I fail at this, um, and I think uh, I think my wife probably keeps track better than I do. Maybe not. I don't know. Hopefully not. But uh, yeah, it's the it's the little dying every day, um, <coughs> and. Actually, there's a there's a song out there. I'm not even going to get into it or who sings it, but it, it talks about the fear of dying um, because you're letting go of what you know and um, and unsure of what's on the other side exactly. 
And I think a lot of us get stuck there um, with our spouses. You know, there is there there is that unknown of what's on the other side of me giving up myself and um, and offering my life for my wife and you you don't really know because you you honestly you don't have control she could walk away <laughs> and much like much like the bride of Christ does often yeah. um, but he still died on the cross 2,000 years ago and uh, um, would still do that again regardless of how many people turn away from and he him. pursues us when we do that so it's no different in marriage you know when our our spouse has done something wrong that they you know your wife may be 99.99999% wrong but you need to initiate you need to pursue and apologize for your 0.00001% and so you need to tap her on the shoulder and say honey i am sorry for abc my point Zero 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 one percent. I don't recommend saying any numbers, uh, just from personal experience. <laughs> personal experience. This sounds like we a story. Won't, we won't go life. into that. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we need to be initiators. And I just read a book uh, by Tim Keller called "The Meaning of Marriage," and I, I wanted to share just a quote from there. It says. The reason that marriage is so painful and yet so wonderful is because it is a reflection of the gospel, which is painful and wonderful at once. So it's, I mean, it's exactly what you're talking about, Christ at Gethsemane. You know, it's painful and you don't want to do it. And then the actual physical pain of crucifixion. Yeah, have you seen the passion? <laughs> right, but the love that it encompasses and that's the reason is so wonderful and so uh, okay so i didn't <laughs> i didn't want to get into ephesians 5 but there it was we got into it a little bit i still have more notes on it we'll get into it another time um but i kind of wanted to bring us back all the way to the very beginning and just kind of well where was marriage created and without too much of a history lesson i just wanted to jump into genesis 2 that's all right with you. That's that's <coughs> totally all right. Man. Nice. So the ESV, Elite Standard Version, Genesis two chapter 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 two verse fifteen. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. There's something for you, Trav. Work it. And the Lord God commanded the man. He's over here chuckling. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't say what you're thinking. I'm right not going to oh. say what I'm thinking. Okay, let me start over. <laughs> the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now out of the ground the Lord had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature was its name. 
So, the, oh, there's a giraffe. There's a dog or a wolf or however you, <laughs> whatever you trace a dog back to. <laughs> Some sort of canine, I hope. Uh, the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds, and the heavens, to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from the man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, this is the last bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Now, I just want to point out, point out that regardless of a dog being man's best friend, <laughs> uh, apparently that wasn't good enough. No, no, definitely not. Yeah. Was not. Which I, 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 I definitely am happy about that. But I will say, I think part of that is, you know, every once in a while I like the dog to go with me, you know, jump in the truck, go for a drive. Because it's always happy to see me when I walk through the door, regardless of what I said to it the last time <laughs> I saw it. It's, you know, it, it doesn't really say much, but uh, that that doesn't really grow uh, me as a person. It's basically there for me to uh, um, use as I will. And... Uh, I think that I think there's there's definitely some growth that happens with having a spouse, um, and I think a lot of that comes through conflict. Were you were you ready to move into conflict? I was not. No. Okay. Well, no, we we'll get there. Well, then I'm gonna draw this little. Although there is a joke about it, putting your wife and a dog in a trunk, <laughs> and then something about. Yeah, I think we I think we've heard that <laughs> one for sure. <laughs> Always uh, the dog that's happy. Disclaimer: to see you. Do not try this at home. No, no. At least with neighbors that can see you, that would not be. <laughs> so, all right, I'll move quickly through here for you. I see you want to really talk about conflict, so we'll get there. Totally noticing. We have the exact, have the exact same, same, shoes. same shoes on. Did you just get these at Kohl's? <laughs> these no, these literally came in the mail today. I picked them up online. This, this is the second time I've worn these. This is the first time I've worn these. <laughs> wow, <laughs> crazy. Anyway. Okay, we our had our wives a, have been talking. We had our bromance moment for a second there. <laughs> Good thing we have wives. <laughs> All right, so verse fifteen, uh, we're commanded to work and keep the land. So as men were created to cultivate, however, we're not created to do it on our own. God creates a helper for us, and like you said, no matter what He's seeing. Nothing is good enough. The giraffe ain't good enough. The you know the ant ain't good enough, and so God creates woman. Which woman? Uh, well, I don't know the Greek, so I won't get into it or the Hebrew. Uh, so <laughs> what I do see though is that we are created equal. We're both we're all created men, women in the image of God. So I mean, we could go into a complementarian, egalitarian sort of conversation we're not going to sure sure that would be really easy to get into <laughs> we're, we're not going to but, but we all and we all can't agree that we're created equal in the image of god yes absolutely the 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 value of a man and the value of a woman 
are equal. And uh, I think regardless of the place, I have I have male friends who are stay-at-home dads and their wives work. And I, um, you know, most of my marriage, it's been um, me working and yeah. my, my wife staying home. And um, there are plenty of marriages out there where both work and share uh, duties around the house and everything. And um, none of those positions in life, um, whether, you know, the, the man being the head of the house or any of that, none of that plays a factor in the value of the man versus the woman. Absolutely. Both equal in the sight of God. Absolutely. 100%. So I'm glad we agree on that. Hopefully everyone can. And so what we see is that, that we're created equal, that men are created to cultivate, that we need help. Uh, God gives us a helper, woman. And then verse 24 and 25, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the one, or on the, and the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So God has now created the first marriage. And that's the whole point of why I wanted to read all this. God brought them together to become one. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. So from that point, there's the fall. And then from the fall to today, all men are trying to get back to that verse 25 <laughs> where we're naked, unashamed, and there's fruit. <laughs> yes. And I could even skip the fruit, to be honest with you. <laughs> Just naked and unashamed, that would be a great spot to be in. No, no, so long yeah. as it was after woman was created, you know, that, that would definitely be, right. yeah, that's that exact point. <laughs> so, so this also goes to show that we all have this kind of wiring to be married. But that doesn't mean we're all going to be married or that we all should be married. But we... It's what I'm saying is it's okay to want marriage. If you're single and you want to be married, it's okay to want to be married. Now that doesn't mean that you should be all camoed up at Bed Bath and Beyond. But, but well, of course not, because if she shops at Bed yeah. Bath and Beyond, she's probably going to be pretty pricey. Out of your price range, guys. <laughs> no, but I know but Trav has a wonderful. I tell you what. Here's one thing. There, here's a verse taken completely out of context that I didn't ever read that I guess I never paid attention to uh, until about two weeks after I was married. And I'm going to skip the first half of it because it just works really well uh, if I start right at, but those who marry will face troubles in this life. So uh, I don't think that is out of any context. I mean. <laughs> it, this is absolutely certain. If one thing's certain in, in, in life, in marriage, is that you and your spouse are going to change and that there is going to be conflict. Yep. And uh, some of us have more conflict than others. I would say my wife and I probably only experience conflict. And, and by conflict, I'm... We we probably we are two totally different people, so we probably face um, a conflict of some sort almost at a continual basis. You know, there's something going on there. We're not the same person, um, but 
As far as uh, conflict and negotiation in conflict, uh, I would say we face that a couple times a day on a regular regular basis. Um, I am uh, very much a stubborn old fool, and uh, she is a very strong woman, and so we we clash quite a bit there. What about you, Will? Would you say that you have a lot of conflict in your marriage or not as much conflict in your marriage or how? Well, I guess it it would depend on what you mean by conflict. So I guess for just the context uh, and for the purposes of this podcast, we'll just assume conflict is, hey, we're not on the same page. Um, we have a disagreement and that there's no physical conflict. And so I would say that we have, it's a roller coaster. There's times that we do. And right now I feel we're doing pretty good. However, if the kid doesn't sleep through the night, we're probably going to have some conflict. <laughs> Kids not sleeping through the night. You know, we're not even going to get into kids coming into the whole equation because. Whole nother podcast. Whole nother level of conflict right there. Like everybody. I And, and. I'm just as guilty of it. We didn't plan on having kids early in our marriage, but we had kids early in our marriage, and we decided, well, since we've started already, we might as well keep going, right? And uh, so now we have 470 yeah. kids. and No, not really, but we, we, we have a large, uh, large family, and it does create conflict. In fact, um, yeah, I guess I'll just leave it at that. It does create conflict. So... Uh, those of you who aren't married yet or who are newly married and thinking of um, children, uh, whenever God tells you it's time is is time. However, uh, I would definitely suggest learning how to handle those conflicts um, with just you and your spouse prior <laughs> to... Uh, Adding another level of conflict. Yeah, I agree. So I don't, I don't know how long you went before having kids, but we went two, two and a half years before our first was actually born, and ve- did so very intentionally. That we need to learn to be us before we throw kids in the mix. Like you said, we need right. to learn to navigate Absolutely. our conflict. We need to be, learn how to become one before we throw someone in who's going to tear that apart. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Uh, so, okay, so let's go into conflict. So not always are – so we ha- with advice and stuff, a lot of it can can work out conflicts. But some people just have that wife that <laughs> Proverbs often speaks about. And if you don't like it, it's not us. We're reading Scripture. I'm just reading Scripture Women here. are like this, some women and, and some wives. Yeah. Uh, so Proverbs 12.4 – says a wife of noble character is her husband's crown and I can Amen. one hundred percent That's my wife. Um but a disgraceful wife is like decay in his bones. Decay and man, um <laughs> I'm just gonna say my wife is definitely of noble character and she Absolutely is my, my, she's my pride and joy. Uh, I know a lot of folks will say that about their kids and, uh, I love my kids to death, Your wife has but to come first. my wife is absolutely number one, a hundred percent. 
Um, but I have, uh, I've definitely experienced and just, um, you know, having some heart to heart with some other guys, uh, you know, learned that there are definitely some situations where, um, you know, their, their wives are, you know, making them feel, um, not just disrespected because I think everybody is disrespectful, uh, here or there. Um, I know I am for sure. Um, but talking with men whose wives have, have literally emasculated them and, and publicly, well, not literally. Okay. I, I, oh my gosh. I used literally <laughs> in it. <in, laughs> I literally used literally in the wrong sense. <laughs> I hate that. No. So figuratively, I mean, I'm sure it's, it's happened, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And, and, and even, um, you know, just saying really cruel things, um, in front of family members and, um, and and you can watch how all of that just is like a rotting flesh where it just grows and um and it eats you from the inside. Oh, out. it it's awful. And we, I mean, though I know this is a verse about wives, but man, I've been around men who just talk terrible about their wives, and so you need to be intentional. You need to if if people are saying that. Man, you come out and just say, hey, I don't know what you guys are talking about. My wife is amazing. I love like, you, talking about how awesome my wife is. Wife. I love talking about how awesome my wife is. Even when, even when we have a bad day, I love talking about how awesome she is. Just just because I want other people to think she's way more awesome than she actually is. You know? <laughs> and and just go back and skip that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. But in my mind, I'm dreaming that she's doing that of me. Which, of course, would require her to lie a lot more. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just playing. No, I, I, I love talking about how awesome my wife is. It's, uh, it's so fun. So, yeah. um, so but anyway, 1913. so yeah, Proverbs 19.13, um, it says, A foolish son is ruined to his father, and a wife's quarreling is a continual dripping of rain. Uh, no, that do- you know, that doesn't sound as awful as you know if you look at it just glance at it quickly because i mean i love sound machines you turn on the rain or i love thunderstorms i'm listening to the rain but then you then you read it again and you think you know there's some countries who use this as a form of torture right and have you seen alone the the reality tv show where they put these people out in alaska all by themselves and it rains like 470 days a year yeah. uh and that's the number one complaint is the rain they can't get anything done because of the rain it's just a yeah oh. anyway and proverbs 21 9 says it's better to live in a corner of the housetop excuse me let me say that again proverbs 21 9 it is better to live in a corner of the housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. How many of us... Ha, have you ever gone out to the garage? 
Well, I've gone out to the garage. <laughs> I've gone out to the garage. I'm we've sure gone out <laughs> we've garage. gone out to the garage <laughs> together before. Um, yeah. We'll take our new shoes. <laughs> take our new shoes. Uh, maybe pick up a cigar and go out to the garage. Yeah. Um, no, that that's never been at a point where it's, you know. No. Trying to get away from anything. No, but, no, no. yeah, most certainly. I mean, and that's a that's a characteristic thing of, you know, watch a watch a, a TV show and, and it's, you know, got to get away from the wife type of thing, you know. And um, that doesn't happen when, you know, when husbands and wives are doing uh, – are, are doing their part – the way they should, that kind of stuff doesn't happen. Yeah, when you're when you're loving each other, when you're putting your spouse's needs before your own, then and they're doing the same. Yeah, you're not going to have those kind of those kind of conflicts. And we use these couple proverbs just to show that you know there are these there are exceptions to what we're about to talk about, and exceptions to your spouse and your wife. But to kind of get into some conflict. And there's a quote from Justin Buzzard uh, in his book, How to Date Your Wife. Great book, a lot of good practical stuff in it. Very short, too. Um, well, that that means I could probably uh, read you it. Could, yeah, it <laughs> big short. words, small pages. <laughs> nice. Uh, he says, you want to change a marriage, change the man. And what he's not saying is that everything is the wife's fault. But what he's saying is you need to recognize that it's not all her fault. And hence, how do we deal with conflict? So conflict is inevitable, but it's also essential. So how do we navigate it's, conflict? It's definitely, definitely essential for growth. It's, you know, I'm going to use the old trusty go-to, like, you know, you, you need to have the weight to, uh, to, break down the muscle so that it can rebuild itself stronger you know that that old 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 faithful we'll call that um but but it's so true you know that that conflict but it's not just the conflict it's there's lots of people who have conflict and never end up growing personally to a, a better spot what it is is the 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 trick is to identify the conflict and identify what you can do, not what the other person can do. It's number one, because you, you, you have no control over your spouse. Men, you, you can't make your wife do what you want her to do. I will say it does help if you are really, you know, if you can get her friends to kind of tell her because it, oh, it never fails. Uh, tell, tell the wife, you know, 300 times something that I think she should do. And it doesn't happen, and then she comes home from talking with the girls, and hey, I think I would do this, and I'm like, I've only been saying it. Th-. No, I'm just, um, but I'm serious. Yeah, but uh, no, you have you have no control over your spouse. You have to look at the conflict, identify the conflict, and say, okay, what can I do in this situation to move forward, to progress? And uh, so many people fail to do that. And I would say probably about 50% of marriages fail to do that. 
which Absolutely. is why our divorce rate is 50%. <laughs> right. So so you're kind of talking about the key components of apologizing, you know, acknowledgement, response, and then restitution. So you're acknowledging it. How do I need to respond? And then you're you're doing it. <laughs> you're, you, there's an action part. And we're initiating it as men. We should be. Yeah. Um, and one thing Will and I talked about earlier was just, you know, what's uh, what's some practical ways that we can go about g- doing that? And and one thing I, I just brought up, I, I, I think if you take just two, um, maybe you don't have this many conflicts in your day uh, <laughs> as I do, but take two conflicts, the first two conflicts of your day, and just look at it as she's right and I'm wrong. And now I, I'm, I will say I am 100%, okay, I'm 93% against the the woman's always right. Um, 93% against that because uh, I just think that whole mentality breeds um, just a... a Let's be honest. It breeds weak, men, weak husbands yeah, and it, who aren't willing to lead. And it facilitates the whole problem we were just talking about with, you know, women being very uh, degrading to their husbands. Yeah. So I, I'm again, uh, that's not what I'm trying to say. But what I am trying to say is a practical effort on our part as men. Uh, take the t- first two conflicts of your day and just say. What can I do differently to to solve this conflict because she's right and I'm wrong to see her point no, of view no matter what even if you're even if you know you're one hundred percent right, see her point of view and say, okay, from her point of view, what could I be doing different? Just two just the first two conflicts if you're not you know faced with many conflicts in your marriage um just take take the first one of every day or three times a week um but start somewhere just looking at it from the other perspective good and and so another another way how we can navigate this is by putting on the characteristics of christ if if marriage is supposed to mimic christ and the church and the church is the bride then we are christ then we need to put on his characteristics. And we get a perfect glimpse of this in Philippians 2. I'll read it quickly. We're getting crunched for time here. So, uh, Philippians 2. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility... Count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself, by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, 
so that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So just a, a quick list of characteristics that Christ portrayed is don't be selfish, be humble, look to others' interests. And I love how it ends and to the glory of God the Father. And marriage can certainly do that. Through Jesus' example and through the Holy Spirit, we can learn to be one. And in oneness, we can, oneness is worship and oneness is mission to bring glory to God in how we resolve and go about our conflict amongst you know, those outside the church and even within the church, how they see we handle with it. And I think the key is glorify God. Yeah. So many times there's a conflict and we try to glorify ourselves. And uh, um, I guess that's that's the point I would um, point to. <laughs> that's the point I would point to um, when when I mentioned the you know uh, the ninety three percent. Yeah. You know, it's not about whether. Um, you know, who's right or who's wrong, but what can you do to um, take over the situation and to, I guess I shouldn't even put it that way, you know, because I, I don't, I don't want it to come, I don't want to come across as like, you know, taking charge, oh, come in and whatever, but what can you do to take the situation from honoring yourself and turn it into a situation that honors God? Right. I think that's the key. Right. And so there, there's a there's a handful of some, just some, a list of some practical things I wrote down. Um, that you know, when I when I was first getting married, I have a psychologist friend. Everyone should have one, and and she actually sat down with us, uh, my wife and I, and a couple of the things that she she gave us three pieces of advice. One was to pray with and for your wife which is a fantastic piece of advice. And if you start doing it, you will see a difference because that is going to bring you unity in your marriage with God, and he's going to be glorified. So pray with and for your wife. The second one um, is not really – I mean, we'll get, we'll get into it a little bit here, but basically there's going to be conflict. And you're not always going to be able to work it out between the two of you. First, always go to God. Second, always go to your spouse. And if for some reason you have to go to somebody else, it needs to be someone that you and your wife have agreed upon. That she's okay and knows that I can, I'm given permission to go to this person, to this friend, to discuss our marriage. And I've given the same permission to her to go to talk to somebody. Because then, and if... And if you guys follow that, you're going to negate a lot of other conflicts of talking behind your back and and gossiping and stuff like that because it's people that you trust that they trust. I agree. That's a that's a great uh, great couple of pointers there. Um, we're uh, we're running out of time here. If if you uh, if you were at the gathering breakfast, um, you may notice that we. Definitely veered off from the notes uh, from that segment, um, which <laughs> just goes to show you, you need to show up and listen to the podcast because you'll get uh, 
kind of a one-two punch there. Um, but will you want to kind of recap uh, what we talked about today? Yeah. So so today we just talked about like where marriage came from, that God created it, and that uh, we as men need to be initiators. Uh, we talked about some proverbs that show that we're not all perfect. Um, but then we then we brought it to to conflict, and that one of the best ways to navigate conflict in our lives is just to mimic Christ and bring have our our purpose to glorify God, and in return we'll glorify uh, our marriage. And then I'd really like to end. You know, Dave wasn't able to be here, but I'm going to read how he ended our men's breakfast because I think it sums everything up perfectly. He says. Are we willing to move into the mess with one another? Fight for one another, stand up for one another, motivate one another, challenge one another, listen to one another, help one another, host one another, be vulnerable with one another, trust one another, pursue one another, create safe spaces for one another, learn from each other, collaborate with each other, encourage each other, to speak life to one another, give ourselves away for one another, cheer for each other, celebrate each other, worship together, win together, lose together, rise and fall together, and give all together? If so, we will find unity. We will find community. We will find Jesus in the midst of our messy lives. And the gospel of Jesus Christ will go out into all the world. When this is all firing, the results are twofold. The gospel will go out into all the world, and you will have great sex. And that, my friends, as we all know, is very important. And it's the best way to it's the best way to end a conflict. <laughs> <laughs> So I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, there's a lot there, and there's a lot more to talk about regarding marriage. Uh, yeah, and we'll uh, talk about that more in the future and um, pick up on that topic. Uh, honestly, it's something we'll be coming back to uh, in some way or another throughout the foreseeable future. But, uh, yeah, again, join us for the gathering breakfast right here at the 963 building uh in gladwin and the next one it's going to be the second saturday of every month and in december that's going to be december 14th uh, it's held at 6 30 in the morning and lasts until about eight um you don't have to bring anything uh just show up eat some good food we'll have plenty of bacon as we always do and a brief little message there that we'll expound on in the next podcast. But until then, please, again, listen, share, su- subscribe, rate, review. All that good stuff really helps us uh, reach more people who just need to feel the togetherness and, and feel the community of exactly what we're trying to make here. So. Thank you very much for your time. Have a good day.